episode 28 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, and today we're going to be talking about Cyber Monday and Black Friday, the biggest shopping day of the year. And to do that with me today, I'm joined with Misha Bakikio. Hello, hello. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Hello. And do you guys do a lot of shopping on Cyber Monday or Black Friday? Which one's more prevalent than you guys? I'm not a shopper of any kind, so my answer is no. I hate Black Friday because I just don't understand what would possess anyone to want to go out and shop with 17 million other people, but I can definitely get down with some Cyber Monday because I can do that from my couch without my pants on and not have to deal with people. Well, now we all have that visual. Let's move on to (laughs) the news. What's going on? I actually have a trivia question to start out with. Uh Uh-oh. So this is a fill-in-the-blank question. Feel free to chime in. The intercontinental New York Barclay has a secret door that leads to a tunnel that connects you to blank. The end of the rainbow. A galaxy far, far away. Nope, you are both wrong. A secret room that people can buy. answer to the question is the Grand Central Terminal. Ooh, ah, so fascinating. I know. This, hey, no one can tell us now that this podcast is not educational because we all just learned something. You just learned something. For the first time in 28 episodes, our listeners finally learned something. Well, this was used primarily in the 1920s and 30s. It is hidden away at the very far end of the lobby and it's not in use anymore. But it did, um, was once used by notable guests like Ernest Hemingway. So clearly a very interesting, cool fact. This is something that's actually discussed by a new podcast series that was put out by um, Intercontinental Hotels. So this is the first hotel podcast that I've ever heard of. Um, What? This is a hotel podcast. Okay, I meant produced by a hotel group. Are you talking about professional podcasts from a hotel? Do you own a hotel? No, negative. (laughs) Okay. This is hotel related. We are hotel marketing. I think intercontinental hotels are copying us. That's what I think. Well, go sue them. See what happens. No, I want to do a crossover <laughs> episode. Oh, there you go. That'd okay. be great. A little cross promotion. Yeah. If anybody's listening in intercontinental. Everyone from intercontinental listens to the show. So they launched this new series. So far they have three episodes that have gone out and... Um, In this article, I forgot to mention the actual article. Um, It's on digiday.com. We'll link to that like we always do. But they said that the primary goal of this is to pique the curiosity of the travel-minded listeners and ultimately to get them to stay. So I thought it was a really creative, outside-of-the-box way for an individual hotel group to go. I mean, we all know that podcasts are all the rage and everybody's kind of jumping on the podcast train, but I thought it was really interesting that a brand is doing this, and they did note in the article that there are several other brands that are going in this direction, not necessarily in the travel space, but some of the ones they point out were Prudential, um, GE, and Netflix. They've also invested some time in creating some audio-related content. Um, And they also pointed out that, you know, obviously bookings is the goal, but some other things that they're tracking just to see if they can pick up any traction for this um, are metrics related to awareness, consideration, and engagement. And really what their focus is, is trying to hit people during that consideration phase by really telling stories about some of their properties, really trying to make that personal connection, just pique that interest. I wonder how they're going to, how 
people will find that podcast? I wonder if there are people just actively looking for travel-related podcasts like that, like leisure travel podcasts. Yeah, I well, I think it's a creative, outside-of-the-box idea. I, I do also am wondering who this appeals to. Yeah, I don't know what their goals were when they set this up. Podcasting to me is kind of where blogging was um, five years ago, right? So it, it used to be when you had a blog that the only way people saw your blog was if they subscribed to it and they would read every, every article that came out, right? And that's kind of where podcasting is today. You don't go and find one episode of a podcast right. typically and listen to it in isolation. You typically are subscribed to something you have interest in right mm-hmm. um, like hotel marketing for the folks that are listening to this they're trying to get something out of it to, to market their hotels better or that maybe they just like the jibber jabber that we have in between actual informative <laughs> sections but w- with blogging it's evolved so now it's you search on you know on google and you find one article related to whatever it is you're specifically trying to learn about or find out about and you read that and then you do bounce out so i don't know if audio is going to become more like that over time well see i was going to make the comparison to long tail seo where blogging is a really good fit for that i mean could this eventually be the future where voice search is pulling from audio Files. I mean, I, I have no idea if that's even possible or a thing, but... Well, they're transcri- transcribing stuff already, mm-hmm. right? So so I think the, the technical side of it isn't a problem. I think it's more the usability side. So when I think about if I'm quickly looking for information or doing research, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in and out of websites and just looking at articles. It's a very quick and in, in responsive process where I'm bouncing around, right? But... With audio, you tend to be committed to it. It's like yeah. video to a degree, unless it's a short video. If it's a 30-minute podcast episode, that's an investment of time where you really got to be not doing anything else you're focused on. You can obviously run or drive, ride in the car, but you've got to commit to that time. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't listened to this podcast, to be honest. It could be like a two-minute little vignette, which would make sense, you know, in context, on in storytelling on the website. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. But I, I think hats off to them. I think this is good that they're experimenting, thinking outside of the box because mm-hmm. they're obviously getting some press from it and getting inbound links. And if that was part of their strategy, then mm-hmm. it obviously it's working. But. It is supplemented by its own dedicated microsite and by other content. Um, they mentioned on there they have some short videos, some cartoons, some other things that kind of yeah. tie it all together. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to go at least check it out. Yeah, I probably will just being on, in the industry. And I wonder if that's more of their target. Are they trying to you know appeal to other people to join their flag? you know versus uh, is it for the average guest I don't mm-hmm. know but I think it's a neat experiment I mean honestly we know from experience I mean podcasting is not that tough I mean if we to, can do it anyone can yeah, I mean we don't do a, the, the best most polished job of it but it you know we have stuff to say and we hit record and you know edit it and people put listen it out there. Yeah, so we've got hey people listening people asking questions so you know it's it's not rocket science, but uh, yeah, uh, let's see how it works. See, we coming from the rocket listen. scientist, can <laughs> confirm this is not rocket this science. This is not rocket science. This this was not covered in my physics degree, um, but I, I think it's good. We should all listen to it, but not it. Hey, if you've got limited time to listen to podcasts, listen to ours, not theirs. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go listen to it for sure. Mm-hmm. What's next? So next was an article that was announced earlier this week and we brought it up in the office and then T News actually kind of took their own spin on it. So this is where I'm I'm referencing the T News article. Um, Google announced 
earlier, this was not a new announcement, but that they have separate search indexes for mobile and desktop. So they kind of built upon this in their latest announcement saying that they are going to be treating the mobile search index as the primary index. Um, just to give some background for anyone who is unfamiliar, there was, um, you know, the buzz term several months ago um, was mobile get-in, and that was the mobile tipping point where more searches are being done on a mobile device, and this kind of, I don't know, not to be dramatic, but shook a lot of people up who didn't really realize that mobile was that big of a deal. And so a lot of people have had to make adjustments because of this with their website or their strategies. And Google has been making a huge push for quite some time with their mobile specific features. So think about things like AMP pages, deep app linking that they've offered. They've um, recently, they've announced they're gonna start punishing websites that have a lot of intrusive pop-ups or any pop-ups on mobile devices. Um, page speed on mobile has become a lot more important. So I don't necessarily think this is anything that's super surprising to any of us, but I feel like for whatever reason, this was like a huge deal this week in the SEO world, and I'm not really sure why. I, I will say this. I think people in the SEO industry perhaps are the most dramatic people <laughs> in the entire world, right? Because Anyone that has any common sense knew this was coming. You know, like you said, Google has, and, and mobile get them was when they started treating mobile different than, than desktop in the index, and they have a separate index. So you could rank number one on desktop, but because you have a bad mobile experience on your website, you could not rank in the top 10. So that that's something that's been around for a long time. We know that more than 50% of traffic on Google and on most hotel websites is mobile. So all Google's really saying here is it's not that the desktop search is less important. They're just saying our primary focus now mm -hmm. is on the mobile index because that's where we're going to make most of our tests and most of our changes because that's where the majority of traffic in. So mm -hmm. this announcement is like saying, hey, guess what? The sun is going to set mm -hmm. in the West today because it's obvious. We all mm -hmm. know this. So why people are acting like this is something dramatic that's gonna cause all kinds of headaches for people I don't understand if you're a hotel and you don't have a mobile first strategy now then you're already behind the time so you really need to think about is my mobile is my website mobile friendly is my booking engine mobile friendly and everything you do from email from paid ads from uh, social media think about how are people interacting with you and your brand on a mobile device before you think about desktop yeah and I think we've touched on this before, but also keeping in mind, particularly with the travel industry, people are behaving very differently on desktop and mobile. So keeping in mind like what they're doing related to your website or what part of the travel funnel they might be in when they're on desktop versus mobile, it's going to be very different. So taking a look at how you're optimizing and what you're doing and how you're treating people, you know, you can't just have one overall strategy and say, this applies to everything. Right. It's not going to work. Top of funnel stuff needs to be more mobile centric. Mm -hmm. End of funnel stuff probably needs to lean more towards the desktop because that's where more people are still converting. Even though you check traffic's increased mm -hmm. significantly on mobile, we're still seeing more bookings happen on desktop. Mm -hmm. And I think that's still like a trust thing. People have the miss... Um, conception that mobile is not as secure as desktop when in fact it is. I think as we see people get more used to transacting on mobile, I think as it becomes easier, we're going to see it catch up. Mm -hmm. I, I would say within two years, we're going to see the conversion rate on mobile is going to be pretty close, if not ahead of um, mm -hmm. desktop. Ready for the third news article? Let's do it. 
So today for number three, we have just a quick little survey that we are going to discuss. This was from skift.com and the title of the article is U.S. Travelers Think Booking Direct with Brands Leads to Better Prices, which is an intriguing title, but it also pretty much gives away the entire, entire article. So not much to talk about with this one. The um, survey was performed by MMGY. Um, it was their 2015 Portrait of American Traveler survey. Um, and just so you're aware of who this goes out to, it was um, more than 2,800 U.S. leisure travelers. Um, they were within the income range of more than $50,000 and um, they had to have taken at least one or more leisure travel trips, 75 or more miles away from their home in the past 12 months. So within the past year, that's kind of who, the demographic segment that they were looking at for this. And just the major takeaways for this survey were 64% of U.S. travelers think that they will find a better deal on a brand website versus 15% who trust OTAs with finding them the best price. So this big direct booking push that we've been talking about for so many months seems to be having a positive impact. It's all on fuel. We've changed the world. We have changed the world. With a little help from a few other people. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a travel study with an agenda, right? We put out a travel study every year. Our new one's getting ready to come out. And, you know, we, it usually tells the story that we wanted to tell, right? So you got to look at what the source of this is. I, w I would honestly question whether 64% of Americans even know what a brand is versus an OTA. I just don't think people are that sophisticated. So to say that the perception is that they think it's a cheap, cheaper on the direct booking doesn't really, I don't really buy it because you don't see 64, on average, 64% of bookings aren't made on the direct website, you know? So why wouldn't everyone, why wouldn't all those people book direct every time? Does that make sense? I agree. I was surprised to see that number so high as well. Even though we in the industry know that to be true, I was surprised to see that an average traveler would just automatically assume that the direct. Yes. Well, I wonder if that was, was automatically potentially skewed by the subset of people they're choosing yeah. to. Or the survey. way they answer ask the question. Yeah. I mean, there's. I think regardless, right? I think. People probably would prefer to book direct with a hotel knowing that they've got a direct relationship that they can call the front desk. So there's some advantages to that. So, so the take home for me is just make sure you're not showing a higher rate than the OTAs, mm -hmm. right? I mean, regardless of what the consumer thinks, you want to do everything you can to encourage that consumer to book with you. So making sure you have rate parity is critical. And we talked about that in the last episode. But it's also about telling people the other advantages they get by booking direct with you. You know, what, what other incentives do they get? Maybe they get a, you know, some kind of freebie when they get there. Maybe they get high-speed internet. Whatever it is, give them a reason, a free bottle of water, chocolates on the pillow, a discount in the bar. Whatever it is, give them reasons to book direct. Um, and you're more than likely going to get people to book direct. We said before, we have clients that are using OTAs and they're a necessary part of the ecosystem of, of driving bookings, especially new business, but they're only 6 to 10% reliant on OTAs, you know? But then we've got other people that come to us needing more direct bookings and they're like 80% reliant on OTAs. And it's crazy. You don't need to be that heavy reliant on OTAs in this day and age. People are sophisticated. They're going to search around. They're going to use the tools like TripAdvisor, which has... Trip Connect on it, and you should be participating in Instant Book as well. They're going to use meta searches, so just make sure you have a good rate parity, 
and make sure you're giving reasons for people to book direct and you're going to get those bookings. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like I was on a soapbox there. It's, it's fine. That's what the podcast is for. I guess so. Stuart's Soapbox Podcast. But the real reason we're on the podcast today is to talk about the number one day of the year for shopping. There's lots of people spend lots of money on Black Friday in America because it's the day after Thanksgiving. And do you guys know why it's called Black Friday? Does everyone know this? No, I actually don't think I do. Okay, so traditionally it was the day of the year that shops went from being in the red to in the black. So that was the day that they finally were break even. So any money they made after that point of the year was pure, pure profit. Hmm. So that was why then, hey, I'm happy I can sell more of my inventory. That's two things that people have learned today. So that's why it was called Black Friday. So it's become this just crazy phenomenon. Like I think it's beginning to, to permeate beyond America. Like growing up in England, I had never heard of this until I came came here, but now they're kind of doing something similar. We used to have January sales, which were a big deal in England. But here in America, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars spent over that weekend. And travel, according to Google, is one of the things people are looking for. 40% of people, according to Google, are looking for travel-related deals during this weekend. So let's talk about, Melissa, why someone should consider a strategy related to doing some really effective selling around Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Well, as you just said, people are already conditioned to look for deals during the course of this weekend. Whether it's on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, people are already opening their wallets to spend lots of money and a lot of times it's on big ticket items so why not have a vacation while you're in there while you're buying your big screen tv why not do it all together um so there's a lot of of revenue to be made over the course of this weekend and not only that but people love a deal and they love to brag that they got a great deal they can't wait to tell their friends how much money they saved on whatever it is it's almost like it's a sport now yeah you know mm-hmm. people are comparing like that i beat you because i saved more than you did and if you take that one step further from a hotel's perspective because people are willing to open their wallets and spend some money on some big ticket items it gives the hotel an advantage to Maybe yield your rates a little more aggressively and drive a higher ADR for certain times of the year, whatever it is that you're trying to promote. So it's kind of win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think the social aspect has really grown. I mean, I log on to Facebook, you know, around that time of year or on the weekend, and it's just like all of my friends are talking all the crap they just bought, how much money they saved. Yeah, and there's there's two types of people, right? There's people that go to the store and love that chase and the fighting over that one ticket item that's left. Which is absolutely insane. Which is crazy. I would never do that. But now the internet's changed it too. So now we have Cyber Monday, obviously, but then people can shop from their home and do, get the same kind of deals. But really this whole weekend is blended together. There's not really a differentiation. What yeah. we're seeing now is people are starting their Cyber, Cyber Monday deals a week before Black Friday. It's like Cyber Monday week or something like that. So really... Uh, we'll talk about timing specifically in a second, but there's not really one specific day necessarily. You can you can focus your efforts on one day, right? And and oftentimes for a hotel that could be the single biggest day of sales in the whole year if you do it right. But you don't have to just do it on one day. You can kind of make it a spectacle over a few agreed, days. Agreed. And we're seeing that over time how that's changing. How you know. 
four or five years ago, it was just Cyber Monday. Then it went into, oh, we're going to do sneak peeks on Sunday. Oh, let's start Saturday. Oh, let's start Friday. Yeah. And some are even before and that. And now are some before that. Yeah. So it's really important. If, if you haven't started with a Cyber Monday um, or Black Friday strategy, it's really important to understand that there's potentially millions and millions of dollars at stake if you do it right. So the most important part, I think, is having a good pregame, prepping for it, making sure you're ready for it, making sure people are aware of it. So Misha, what are some things that they should be thinking of now? Because we're, I mean, we're only about a month out from Cyber Monday. Yeah, and we've been having these conversations internally with our clients. I feel like earlier and earlier every year it comes up, and it's a good conversation to go ahead and start having now if you haven't. But there's definitely some things that you're going to want to prep in advance. You definitely don't want to be the week before Thanksgiving and you're scrambling to get your ideas and all your resources together. So one thing that you're really going to want to do is tell people that it's coming. Start priming them for this. Let them know, you know, sneak peek, we've got something coming soon. Kind of build up that anticipation. And one really good thing to do during this time is to go ahead and start collecting email addresses. This will not only benefit you because you're going to get these people that are already interested in something that you're having to sell, but you're also just going to continue to build and grow your email list. So it's really good long-term strategy, not just for Black Friday in particular. You are also going to want to, if you are in the paid search game, which you should be, go ahead and start creating some retargeting list in AdWords and on Facebook. This is really easy to do. It's just a tracking pixel that you add to your website. And what that does is it essentially starts building a list of people who have already been to your site. That way you can serve them ads during this Black Friday period. Yeah, especially, I really like, and this is one of the most underutilized features of AdWords, I think, but the remarketing list for search ads. So the way that works is it, it's similar to retargeting in that you, when someone comes to your website from a paid ad or not, right, you can tag them and say, this is someone that's been on my website. Now, in AdWords, you can set up a campaign that only targets those people, regardless of the keyword they search, right? So now it opens up other keywords. So you would never want to bid as a hotel on a broad term like Cyber Monday deals, right? Because there's no intent there that they're looking for travel or looking for your destination. But if you have this re remarketing or retargeting list for search ads list from your website, you already know this person's interested in my hotel, in my destination, and they're looking for Cyber Monday deals or Black Friday deals. Now, I can bid on that keyword for those people, right? It's, it's a lower CPC than it would be if you were just bidding in general, but now you've got a broader reach. So even if that person a week ago was looking for your hotel and now they're not even thinking about your hotel because they're focused on buying a big flat screen TV, well, guess what? You can get back in front of them, remind them that they were looking for you and remind them that you have the best deals available right now. Yeah, I completely agree that this is a very underutilized aspect of AdWords. And I think some people don't necessarily know how to use it, but there's a lot of creative ways like you expressed, Stuart, with the you know bidding on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but you already know that it's a somewhat qualified person because they've already been to your website. They're familiar with your brand. They've already been poking around and there is a limit on there. So it's not like it's going to track somebody that was there five, six months ago. I mean, it's going to be somebody that was on your site recently. So they're, they're pretty fresh. So it's definitely something that experiment with it if you haven't already. Some other things that you're going to want to make sure that you include in your pregame plan are making sure that you get all of your creative work done ahead of time. So 
a little bit later we'll talk about some things that you're going to want to do on different platforms, but whether that's email or social or whatever, get all of those creative aspects done ahead of time. And then start planning your staff, particularly your phone staff. If you have a call center or if you just have people working your front desk, you're really going to want to make sure that even though it's a holiday weekend, you're going to want plenty of people there to cover your phones because they're going to be ringing off the hook. Yeah, I mean, we see for our clients that still, you know, 50% of bookings in a lot of cases are coming over the phone. So if you're driving all this demand online, your call volume is going to go up significantly. And we've seen hotels that make the mistake of not staffing adequately. And you see just the phones ringing off the hook and not being answered. And that causes so much frustration. And the other thing to realize is there's so much competition for this period of time where all all the hotels in the area are going to be, if they're not already, they're going to start doing Cyber Monday, Black Friday deals. So if you don't capture that person when they call you, they're probably going to go to your competition. They're probably going to find another deal at another hotel and book with them. So you got to make sure when they hit the website, the website works, and when they pick up the phone and call you, that someone answers it. And that they know the deals that you're promoting. <laughs> yeah, education, for mm-hmm. sure. Kind of important. Educate your call center or your front desk, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that is the Brett, uh, you know, you, you can't plan too much for that, I think, is, is the key. You know, make sure you got the plan that everyone knows what it is make sure that like you said everyone's trained but let's talk a little bit about timing of it so we've talked jumped a little bit between black friday and cyber monday but uh you know from our perspective we see clients doing all across the board right we have one client last year that did it starting the week before and did it the whole week through cyber monday we had one starting on friday and going all the way through the following week. And we have some that just do it for a single day. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I think it's just pick what works best for you and staffing up and, and make sure that the message that you're portraying has clarity, that people understand what they're getting and when they're gonna get it. We also had one, I thought it was a, a creative way of doing it, that they, and this was for a, a destination, this was in Myrtle Beach, but they revealed different specials for different times of the year on a different day. So I think Mm -hmm. one day they did, okay, here's our lowest rates for the winter. Then they did spring and then they did summer. So I thought that was a a different way of kind of segmenting the days and making, clarifying that message a little bit for, you know, whoever was wanting to book. Yeah. And I think it's important if you're going to do something like that, that you tell people upfront that you say, okay, here's when we're going to release this, this deal. Here's when we're going to release this deal. So people kind of know what they want to buy ahead of time. They're going to know going into it, okay, I, I want a summer deal or spring deal, whatever. So they can prepare. They know when to go look mm-hmm. for it because you don't want people kind of – that could backfire if there's new deals coming out every day and they don't know when it's going to be for and then they're second-guessing. You know, it, it's creating a hurdle to, to actual purchase. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you don't do that. But, but I think teasing it – Telling what it's going to be without actually revealing the deal itself, just say the dates, I think is a really good idea because it builds anticipation. Mm-hmm. And regardless, we've got one or multiple deals, you do want to tell people that ahead of time. We have the best deal of the year that's coming. We're not going to have lower rates available other than tomorrow or whenever it is. And tell them, hit your email database, hit your social media, hit your website, tell everyone you can from the rooftops, this is what's coming, this is when it's coming. But don't let them get to it until it's time. Unless, which leads to the next thing, you want to do kind of a sneak preview or an exclusive deal for certain elements of your list. Right? So say you have VIPs like repeat guests, or say you want to treat your social followers with a little more love than your email database, 
you can manipulate the messaging a little bit to shift where people look, right? So you can say, okay, our deal is out on Thursday, or maybe it's out on Saturday, but our social followers are going to see it the day before or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of giving them that exclusive feel good, hey, you get this before anyone else. That's especially good if you have limited inventory. You're only going to release a certain percentage of your inventory at this rate and then cut it off. That's especially good if you give that to your, your premium guests first, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think um, looking at what your competition is doing is important. And what we've seen over the years is this is it's kind of following the brick and mortar stores where it started out as Black Friday, which stores started opening at 6 a.m. Then they were opening at 5 a.m. Then they're opening at midnight now. They're opening on Thanksgiving and now it's kind of turning back where some stores yeah, are they're opening themselves on Halloween closing on Thanksgiving. They're opening this year. So, but, so what we started seeing when this trend of Cyber Monday hotel bookings was, everybody sent out their deal on Cyber Monday. But then it was like, oh wait, these people started sending out on Sunday. We're going to send it out on Saturday. So... You do have to keep track of what your competition's doing and try and just get that edge out. It's, it's kind of hard to do, but keep an eye out see what's going on. Yeah, you want to do one of two things, right? You either want to be out in front of them or be out after them with a better deal and let people know that you're going to have a better deal. Because a lot of times, especially if you're in a destination like a Virginia Beach or Daytona Beach or somewhere like that, that has a lot of similar types of properties and a lot of people have probably stayed at different property groups or at different properties, there's a good chance that these, these individuals are being hit by multiple marketing messages from multiple hotels. So this huge competition going on here, you want to make sure that you stand out in the crowd. And you can do that by better rate or better deal, adding more value, um, or beating them to the punch uh, on timing. But it, you got to be careful because that can spiral. Because yeah. like Misha said, you're going to end up releasing your Cyber Monday deals on Halloween if you're not careful, right? Just to beat the, the other guy. Yeah, I think this kind of alludes us into our next topic, which is messaging. And I think that's really important, especially during your biggest sale of the year. So you're definitely going to want to make sure that you have a fantastic offer. Our recommendation would be at least 30%, but really just the best offer that you can throw out for the entire year, this is when you want to throw it out. Yeah, people, people's purse strings are definitely at the loosest, but they're looking for a bargain. They're not just looking to spend money to spend money. They're only going to spend money if they feel like they're getting a deal. And honestly, 20% in this day and age just does not cut it, you know, especially on this kind of an investment. They want to save at least 30 35%, or they want to see value added that, that exceeds their expectations. So whether you're from throwing in free drinks and meals or you know, something tangible that, that they see a value in mm-hmm. that is going to make them worth um, taking the plunge. We've seen people go out and try to do a 10 or 15% discount on Cyber Monday, doing the, all the same things that other clients do. It just does not work. People will not buy if they don't perceive the value there. Yeah, I mean, if you hear the difference, if you've got one hotel that's 10%, one that's 30, who would you book with? You know, and like you said, Stuart, offering other things to provide more value. And that could be, you know, if you're a beach destination with some of your in-market partners, so bike rentals or surf lessons, or, you know, if you absolutely cannot, for whatever reason, offer a stronger discount, definitely think outside of the box and create some unique packages or something else to make yourself stand out. Yeah. And I really feel like it's important that you establish a golden rule within your property that 
you know, regardless of when someone's booking for, so say I'm booking for next July, the day that I can buy that room for that day cheaper than any other day is this deal. You gotta decide all the other specials I'm gonna do throughout the year in sales, I'm never gonna sell it cheaper than this. And you wanna educate people to that because over this is the long game this is not a one year kind of deal you want to think how do i train my guests over time to look for this and this be when they are primed and when they want to book with us and know that they're going to get the cheapest rate year in year out so i think if you say this is the cheapest deal you they're going to get they buy it and then they find out there's a lower rate some other time later in the year for the same dates they booked that's just going to backfire. It's going to cause animosity. They're going to get frustrated. That's going to affect their experience, their reviews. And you know what? It just impacted next year's Cyber Monday deal because they're not going to book it next year. They're going to wait again. I think um, using a countdown clock and potentially using some sort of inventory messaging to add a sense of urgency, both of those things together can really push people to make sure that they book during the course of this weekend. And using the countdown clock can be both it can be an email it can be on social media as an image and it should certainly be on the website as soon as you get to that landing page so that the consumer knows exactly how much time they have to book and i better get my button gear and go yeah giving them a reason to pull the trigger now is, is always good and i think from a from the hotel perspective it's good to limit inventory anyway you know you want to get the the heads in the beds on the books early that's always good for confidence and then you can yield your rates up like we said earlier throughout the year but you don't want to sell we have one client that did not limit inventory and came out with a ridiculously good offer and ended up for certain key dates booking 60 70 80 percent of their entire inventory which at a discounted rate and you just don't want to be in that situation because that's going to crush your adr so you want to pick certain dates maybe for certain holidays you really limit that there's only a certain number and and publish that hey we're going to give five units for fourth of july or whatever it is or five units for memorial day at this price and then the price goes up given that sense of they might miss out is really powerful people don't want to miss out especially when their friends are getting it and they're not so let's shift to platforms so there's a lot of different places you can be talking about this Yes, there are several platforms that are especially useful in the situation and the first one is one of my favorites for Black Friday and Cyber Monday and that would be social media. I like this because I think it's a really good way to not only generate leads out of people that are already interested in your brand, but also to communicate that special with those people. So some things that we have done in the past that have worked really, really well for this to start generating that buzz, and this is, you know, we'll take a little bit of pre-planning, but lead generation ads are a really powerful tool. Um, You can run these um, and just target your fan base who are already pretty warm to your brand, or you can expand outside of your fan base and, you know, put on some interest-based targeting, you know, geographic targeting, whatever it may be. But go ahead and put a message out there, hey, we're gonna have some really great Cyber Monday deals, be sure you're on our list go ahead and start building that list. Just be sure when you're doing those ads that you're uploading your existing email list as an exclusion list. That way you're not hitting people that are already on your list because that would be a waste of your money. And then to follow that up, 
releasing those specials on social media. Um, one thing that we really like to do with our clients is just do a promoted post. It's one of the easier ad types to do and it resonates well with your with on your page and then you can start throwing some money towards that to reach out beyond that. Yeah, the thing to remember though is because every person and their uncle are doing Cyber Monday deals and putting out posts that day, that it's probably the most competitive day to get visibility on a news feed. I can't think of another day that would be more competitive. So your visibility is going to be somewhat limited if you're waiting to Cyber Monday. So that's why teasing it, getting awareness ahead of time might be better for you because you might get more penetration, more eyeballs if you're putting out messages on social media ahead of time. Yeah, and this is where those lead ads can really come in handy because you know you want to build that email list. So email is definitely the second place where you're going to want to start communicating this message. And again, do a little bit of pre-planning. You don't want to bombard people with emails by any means, but sending out some teaser emails just to go ahead and put it in their mind so that they can pencil it in or whatever they're going to do, but just so that they're already aware so that when Cyber Monday rolls around or Black Friday and they get that email, they already know what it's about and they're going to open it. Yeah, if you can get them anticipating and actually looking for the email before they get it, then half the battle's won. You know, you've already got them primed, ready to pull the trigger. You've just got to deliver and say, you're getting the email at 7 a.m. this day, you better make sure they get that email at 7 a.m. that day. Another place that you can pull emails from and that you should also be effectively communicating your sale is on your actual hotel website. So an easy way to do this would be via a pop-up. Most hotel websites have a pop-up of some time. So just customizing that message to make it specific to your sale coming up is a really good idea. And then also having some type of countdown if possible or just some really clear and concise messaging right on your homepage that you know, says you've got this coming up, you know, keep, keep your eyes open and really gets that message out there. And finally, which we already touched on a little bit, on your paid advertising platforms and you know using those retargeting lists, definitely put those out there. So personalize your ads on um, AdWords or Bing or whatever you're using during this time period to reflect your Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Again, it's gonna take a little bit of pre-planning because you might wanna turn off your regular ads and turn on specific ads to your deals, but you're gonna to wanna to keep an eye on those and make sure that those are have the right rates on there if you're using rates or have the right deals and then go ahead and start using those retargeting lists during that time and hit people that have already hit your website, have already visited your website, You know, start serving them ads as well that are specific to what you have to offer. Yeah, and consider spending a little more money than you traditionally do because you, you wanna be a little more aggressive this time. This is when people are more likely to spend, so your ROI has a better chance. So this is when, like we said earlier, you may wanna use the retargeting ads um, to, to try to get people on broader search terms, for example. So really think about dumping a little more budget in for that, you know, three, four, five day period. So let's talk about, let's kind of wrap this all up together. And, you know, I think for me, the take home is you got to have some kind of strategy related to Cyber Monday. I think it's, it is probably one of, if not the most important weekend of the year for hotels in terms of setting the pace for the following year. Uh, but I will say this, it's not the only opportunity. We do have clients that have kind of created their own little events, right? We've got folks that have uh, either New Year's or the end of February every year, and they're consistent every year, and they're, they're, their guests are used to it. It's not everyone's ready to spend money in November. Some people are too busy thinking about Christmas, right? So it, it's often also good to do another kind of 
similar event sometime in the new year, especially if you're a summer destination, right? That's when people start thinking about booking their summer vacation. So you can take these tactics and do the exact same thing. The only difference being you really are having to create the noise. You don't have people automatically looking for the deals. So you've got to create that. You've got to be more aggressive by teasing people, by um, by aggressively advertising to them that this event is going to happen. In first year, it may not be that big a success. But you know what? If you do it two, three, four, five years in a row, over time it's going to build and you're going to see more and more success. And we've got folks that have been doing it for several years. And you know we've got some where that end of February push is in some cases bigger than the Cyber Monday push. And I will say along those lines, last year was the first year we saw many clients with less revenue generated than the previous year across that weekend. So I wonder if we've reached a saturation point and maybe a point of diminishing returns. I'd be curious to see how this year goes. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, I feel like this is something that really started, I'd say, four or five years ago is when hotels started really getting into this game and you saw the early adopters do it then and then the next year there were a few more hotels and I think last year was the first year where I really feel like every single one of our clients in every single hotel that I keep an eye on had something related to Cyber Monday so I feel like you're right in terms of saturation has probably happened not just is there a little fatigue from consumers but also the competition is so fierce that you're getting a smaller piece of the the slice of the pie. I think my final thoughts to wrap all this up would be just to build upon the pre-planning that you discussed, Stuart. It is really important to plan all of this, but then also consider, you know, don't just focus on one platform or one channel. If you have limited resources, perhaps pick the most important one to you, but I think it's really important to look at how all of these can play off of each other. So have a plan for your social media, have a plan for your email, have a plan for your website, have a plan for your paid channels. This is stuff that you're hopefully already focusing on and putting a lot of time and effort on every other time of the year. So having you know a set plan and a set strategy for all of these together and figuring out how they can work well together, I think is really important, especially for what could potentially be your biggest sale of the year. Yeah, well said. So if you haven't had a, a Cyber Monday, Black Friday strategy up until now, please think about it. And we'd love to hear from you if you do and how successful it was from you. And if you need any help, you can always reach out to us as well at fueltravel.com. Uh, so I think we had another listener question. We do. We just got a question. We just got a question. We just got a question. I wonder who it's from. Who is it from? It is from Amit. Hey, we had him before. We sure did. And we thought he was a girl. He's back. And it is not a girl, it's a man. It is a man. We apologize for the confusion. He's our super fan. First two-time question asker. I know. We need to start like having a prize or incentive program for questions. Easy. No, no prizes. Sorry, Amit. <laughs> Your prize is our wisdom. Yes. How about that? Free consulting. There you go. Makes it sound... No, I'm sending him an invoice. Oh. Really? Just, just send us your your address, Amit, and we will send you an invoice, free of charge. Would you like to know his question? I would, yeah, I guess our listeners probably want to know his question. So he asked, can e-commerce principles be applied to hospitality with one-click upsells at room booking confirmation page? I think yes. Good answer. Thank you for listening. <laughs> what do you guys think? I feel like I personally don't fully understand the question, so I don't know what your take on this was. Okay, I'm reading this as, you know, the the cycle, the behavior that 
is exhibited during a traditional e-commerce store, say I'm buying t-shirts or widgets, right? Can, can those same principles be carried over to hospitality? And I think they're different in some ways, you know, especially with say, say you know, in, in a previous life, we used to work with other online stores, not mm-hmm. just hotels, right? Now we're 100% hotel focused, but in the past we've worked with brands like Southern Tide would be an example that sells shirts. And that's the kind of product that I, I repeat by multiple times right if i'm a southern tide fan i might go and buy two or three shirts this month and then two or three in the next month and so on and so forth right so i think the behavior in terms of repeat business can be different and i think the price point can make a big difference but i think at the end of the day e-commerce is e-commerce i think you're trying to get people through a funnel you're trying to get them from awareness to desire to transaction always right regardless of what you're trying to sell uh it is a bigger ticket item but i think we're always trying to push them forward and i think principles like um urgency messaging um social proof social proof stuff like that is always going to work on e-commerce regardless of your hotel or whether you're a t-shirt seller so showing testimonials or reviews Mm -hmm. on either type of site is going to work i I think showing limited inventory and to create urgency is always going to work. The limited inventory has been, personally speaking for me, just in my hotel shopping experience, if I see that there's only a certain number of units left, I'm definitely more willing mm-hmm. to book. So I totally agree with what you're saying that, you know, while it might be a bigger ticket item or whatever <laughs> versus just a t-shirt or whatever, e-commerce is e-commerce. And those same principles are relevant across the board. Exactly. And you even see, I mean, the big guys know this, right? You see TripAdvisor does this really shady thing where if you're trying to book and it said, if I'm trying to pick two rooms and it says there's only two rooms left and then I change it to three rooms, it guess what? It just tells me, oh, wow, look what? We got three rooms left now. But then I change it back to two and it says I've got two rooms left. So... I think the the psychology side of e-commerce is the same, right? We can incentivize people the same way. We can encourage them. We can reassure them the same way. I think in terms of the single-click purchasing or or addition of, say, an an add-on service like a spa or, you know, some kind of amenity that I offer there, I think it depends on what it is. You know, if it's, hey, add a $10 breakfast, check a box, I think that's the kind of stuff that can work. But if it's you know something a little more complicated than that, I think I think um, there could be a few more hurdles to jump through. But I absolutely think you can get people that are loyal to your brand that have already purchased to add more stuff on. And we talked about mobile apps specifically in the past, where post purchase you can then get them to download a mobile app and then you can push stuff to them throughout the stay and just add it to their folio the barrier is down this person we did a whole episode on upselling go back and listen to that because there's so many opportunities a lot of hotels just think their revenue comes from their room rate right or it does but you know what you can increase that room rate by saying late checkout early check-in um, additional stays and that's just the room but then you can also add a lot of additional revenue like F&B and ticket sales and whatever it might be by telling them that you have other stuff so I absolutely think post purchase single click e-commerce principles apply um, or even pre pre-purchase single click if it's someone that's booked with you before and you already have let's say a loyalty program 
and they've given you and they're logged in so you already have their credit card information um, just look at what Expedia is doing on their app right it's you literally don't have to type anything in you just swipe and you've purchased that room so absolutely I think those principles apply I think you have to kind of look at them in context of hotels and, and maybe massage it a little bit but for the most part I think e-commerce is e-commerce I agree all right. Yep. All right. So that is our episode. That was episode 28. Uh, well, you can get the notes from fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 28. And where can they find you guys on the web? Melissa. I am at M.A. Kavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H on Twitter. And Misha. I am also on the Twitterverse. You can find me at Marketing Misha. That is M-E-I-S-H-A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And you can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Please uh, leave a review on iTunes if you're liking what we're doing or if you have feedback to tell us how to make it better. We'd love to hear that too. And then just like Amit, please submit your, hey, Amit, submit. Um, Why not submit a question for us and we'll try to do our best to answer that on next week's podcast or we'll sing to you or we will sing to you i don't know um, if that's a good thing or a bad thing we're but. thinking about and this is between us and you the, our faithful listeners but we're thinking about doing a musical episode we'd love to hear what you think so hit us up on twitter at fuel travel and tell us whether or not we should do a whole musical episode where we literally <laughs> sing everything in the episode um it, it hey it worked in buffy the vampire slayer just saying could work here on the fuel hotel marketing podcast let us know what you think on twitter at fuel travel and until next time you've been listening to the fuel hotel marketing podcast let's do the podcast again